Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Making Sense of Islam podcast. A few housekeeping points before we begin. Every episode is accompanied by episode notes that highlight everything I've referenced. So people, verses, hadith, etc. They're all in the episode notes, which you can find at makingsenseofislam.com. Most of the episodes are short form, so the notes are few. But when you listen to longer form episodes, the notes are meant to be a resource and an aid. Number two, I would really appreciate it if you could rate the podcast on whatever platform you use and leave a comment, hopefully positive. And number three, every Friday I send out a short email called Coexist Ruminations that shares what I'm working on and reading in my four focus areas. If you'd like to receive these, please sign up by going to makingsenseofislam.com forward slash Friday. That's it for now. Enjoy the show. I hope everyone is doing well. Uh, this is a special episode as the topic came to me by way of request. Uh, and I think the topic is something that uh, we all, you know, at one point or another have thought about. And the topic or the question that we want to look at today is why do bad things happen to good people? And that's a very common theme that we hear, a very common question. You know, why do bad things happen to good people? Everyone is good, they're minding their own business, they're you know, living their life, and they're stricken by some kind of sickness or some kind of calamity or some kind of tragedy, whether it be disease or death or loss of uh, income, uh, ch- challenges with their children, challenges with their friends, their parents, their spouses, etc., etc., etc. You know, the scenarios are endless. And we always ask ourselves, why do bad things happen to good people? And by extension, sometimes people will go as far and say, well, if God is just and God is merciful and God is great and all of the things that we believe about God, why does he allow these bad things to happen to good people? Now, what's interesting in this question is that this is not necessarily a question that historically Muslims asked because the way the question is formed, there are several assumptions that are made by the question. And I think before we get into how would a Muslim answer these questions in such a way that is compatible with our ethical and theological system, a way of thinking, I think it's important to unpack these about four, I I will say four assumptions that are built into that question. The first assumption in that question is that we have already defined what is good and what is bad. So when we say, why do bad things happen to good people? We are assuming that that thing that we are upset about is bad, and we are assuming that these people uh, upon which this bad thing has happened are good. It's an assumption, and sometimes we're not aware of that assumption. And in Islam, or in, in traditional Sunni theology, The good and the bad is ultimately what God decides and what God determines is good and bad vis-a-vis how these acts will end up in the hereafter. In other words, if I do something in this life that God says is good, that means in the hereafter I will be rewarded for it. If I do something, you know, God forbid, in this life that's bad, that God has informed me is bad, then I am open to being punished for it in the hereafter. That's the Sunni understanding of what good and bad are. Part of that, why am I saying that? Why is this important to say? Is that rationally, we don't always know what is good and bad. Many times we do. So we would all say, uh, if an innocent person dies, or if an innocent person is killed, that that's bad. 
and the Sharia would also say that that's bad. So rationally, we were able to understand that. But there are many things that we don't know why they are the way they are. And we do them out of our belief and or obedience to our Creator. So why do you do tawaf around the Kaaba counterclockwise? Why do you do it seven times? When you do the sa'i between the safa and the marwa, why do you do it seven times? Why do you start with the safa, not the marwa, etc., etc.? All of these things, there's no, what I, what I like to say is there's no rhyme or reason to them. We do them simply because that's how the Prophet, peace be upon him, taught us. That's how he performed the, the, the pilgrimage rites. This is how he prayed. Why are the Dhuhr and Asr prayer silent? Why are the Maghrib Aisha Fajr prayer out loud? Why are these prayers two rakahs? Some are three, some are four. There's no rhyme or reason. But if I were to pray uh, Dhuhr prayer uh, five rakahs, and say I'm going to pray more, or six, that would be quote-unquote bad. I would, have, I would have innovated something that is not uh, from the principles of the religion. So it's important to remind ourselves that not all the time can we rationally understand what is good and what is bad. That's, so that's one sort of introductory uh, assumption, I think, in the, in the question that we began with. The second is we need to remember what the concept of time is. Time ultimately is relative. We are created in time and we experience time in a certain way, you know, in minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, years, etc. But that's our time. But the time in the hereafter is different. When God says in the Quran, the angels will ask those that are, you know, are passing from this life to the next, you know, how long was your life? Kam labith? And how long was your life? Yawman aw ba'dayam. It's like a few minutes. So when we go to the hereafter, and the Quran talks about how the days of God are worth X number of a hundred or thousand of years, the years with God are, are worth X number of a hundred or thousands of years of our human years, indicating in the Quran itself, by the text of the Quran itself, that time is relative. So when we go into the hereafter, and we experience that kind of time, and we look back at our time that we spent on earth, we will see that our time here was really just a few minutes in comparison to this new time that we will experience. So time is relative. And that's super, super important, particularly for this conversation. Now, as a tangent, it's important to state that we do not believe that God is in time. So God, uh, subhanahu wa ta'ala, is created outside of all of the dimensions. Laysa kamithlihi shayt, nothing is like him. So time is one, but one di- dimension. So when we say the time in the hereafter, I'm not saying that God is in time. I'm just saying that time there that God has also created will be different. So if that's a little too uh, abstract, an easier way to understand this concept is to reflect upon our dreams or to reflect upon our memories. So if I were to ask somebody or somebody were to ask you rather, uh, what did you do last week? you would be able in your mind to summarize what you did in the week in a moment. You don't have to live all of those moments in the actual time that it took to live those moments. But you can, you know, summarize it. Yeah, I, I did this and I did this and I did in a few moments. So even yourself, you can experience this relativity of time. Or when you dream, you have a super elaborate dream. It's like unbelievable dream. It's like this heroic uh, epic journey of a dream and you wake up and it's the middle of the night it's like t- midnight or like one in the morning you, you, you were only sleeping for an hour or two 
But in the dream, you did all of these things. But then when you wake up and you're, you know, for sometimes you wake up startled or whatever, then you, and you go back to sleep, even in that moment, what you really are experiencing is this relativity of time. So time is relative. And what we determine as quote-unquote good and bad here needs to also be remembered vis-a-vis the relativity of time. Because when we go into the hereafter and we look back and our entire life was a matter of minutes, the quote-unquote tragedy, quote-unquote difficulties, quote-unquote bad things that happen to us in this world, they'll be super, super minuscule in comparison to what we are about to face between judgment and paradise, etc., etc., all of the things that we know from our belief system, uh, our eschatological beliefs, that is, the things that will happen after life and towards the end of time, all of these difficulties that we had in this world will be minuscule. It doesn't mean that they're not difficult, or it doesn't mean that we shouldn't care. We, we should, because we are created to care, which is why we ask this question often. But it's important to remember that it's relative. The third assumption in the question, why do bad things happen to good people, is that there is an, there is an inherent bias in that question that there is a certain trajectory to life. That there, if you do good things, good things will happen. If you do bad things, bad things will happen. So because of that bias, we are confused when the bad things happen to good people because we've crossed over the trajectories. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, again, to remind us, doesn't say that in the Quran. There's, there's, not, there's not that concept that there is that trajectory. It, it is, in a matter of fact, we have another uh, pattern, another arc, that God says those that are challenged the most are the prophets and those closest to them. And therefore, God in the Quran says, be patient the way the great prophets were patient. So Allah Ta'ala gives us an example of patience and fortitude, His closest uh, of mankind, of humankind, the prophets, the great ulul azm, the great prophets, meaning that they were tried so much, but exerted and, and, uh, and had great patience that they persevered. So therefore, be like them, Therefore, in the face of your calamities, your difficulties, your quote-unquote bad things, be like them, be patient. That's the arc that we have. That if you want to do big things, you expose yourself to being challenged. And even in our secular life, we talk about that. The people that have big dreams, that want to start big projects, they oftentimes get the, the greatest resistance. People that want to disrupt industries or disrupt sectors, going against the grade. Uh, these people are often tested. Uh, by their peers, by the industry, sometimes uh, violently uh, uh, tested, uh, violently countered and challenged. Uh, almost the point of, uh, you know, one could almost see a certain level of criminality of, of, of efforts to thwart their, their efforts and their projects and their vision, etc. So when it comes to the, the ethical and the spiritual realm, you know, the prophets being the greatest example of that. If they are the closest and therefore the most tested, we are nothing like them. So we can understand, therefore, that that what befalls me might not necessarily be something bad, but rather is a reminder to flex my muscle of patience. And this is the segue into the fourth uh, sort of assumption, introductory point that I wanted to discuss, which is patience itself is that we are constantly reminded in the Qur'an, constantly reminded in the, the example of the Prophet, peace be upon him, to be patient. To be patient against all things. Uh, 
and to be patient knowing the things that we just mentioned, that time is relative, that when we look back at this life, it will be a matter of moments uh, that uh, will, will pale in comparison to our new life in the hereafter. Uh, uh, greater people than us have suffered greater uh, things, have had more challenges than we have, etc. But patience. And patience, of all of the things that we just mentioned, these four points, patience is probably the most, the theme that is the most absent in the modern age. Is that the modern society, our modern condition, wants us to not be patient that we are almost conditioned to want instant gratification all the time uh, from our dial for, you know from the speed of our connection our internet connection our phone whether tablet laptop uh, we, we we are assume always instant uh, I'll get what I want instantly by, by hitting enter by by clicking on the link it will instantly take me there it will instantly take me uh, to where I want to go if I order something, you know, companies are competing with how fast they can get you the product. I mean, I remember sometimes in the holiday seasons, I'll order something online and it will come in the same day. And then that's that's like a drug to have that experience, to be able to order something and in the same day it appears. Then the next time you order something, even though it takes a day or two, you're frustrated. You're like, well, why didn't it come the same day? You know, I, I, I know that they can do this. So I'm not necessarily saying that this is done on purpose, but the way that our technology connected life is is that we are conditioned and taught to be uh, only satisfied with instant gratification and not patience but patience is very very important uh, because patience leads to wisdom uh, and wisdom is sort of how you have an even uh, level rational approach and even emotional uh, leveled emotional approach to solving some of the great challenges that we face so I began by saying to understand this question or to begin to discuss this question of why do bad things happen to good people, it's important to unpack these four assumptions, I called them, in the uh, statement. Now, having said that, why do bad things happen to good people then? And a Muslim uh, thinker, uh, somebody that is thinking within the paradigm of Islam, which, by the way, is what those principal episodes are really about, trying to give us a little bit of tidbit uh, pieces of information about what forms that quote-unquote Muslim paradigm. In any case, they would, ask, uh, they would ask the following question first. When something bad happens, now here bad being something that we you know, as humans instinctly, almost as a reaction, would say this is a bad thing. You know, we put this in the bad column, we put this in the challenge column, we put this in the tragedy column. We will ask the first question, Has was there some kind of sin involved that brought this on in the first place? That's the first question. Because sometimes if the sin, if we, if we sin and we don't repent, sometimes bad things happen as a result. And to this effect, God says, but we will let them taste the smaller punishment, not the greater punishment, so maybe perhaps they will come back. So therefore, sometimes when we mess up, 
morally or ethically we do something haram and i'm not talking here about you know small things we're talking about major sins you know things that we we all know we're not supposed to be doing if we do them over and over again without repenting and almost sort of justifying to ourselves that it's okay then we open ourselves that something bad might happen and if something bad might happen like the verse says it's a small punishment now to remind us that you know hey come back so therefore, if something bad happens, and we and let's say we're talking like on an individual level, right? Just to make things simple, something bad happens to me. You know, I'm you know I'm a quote unquote good person. I'm I'm on my merry way, and then something quote unquote bad happens. So the first thing I want to ask myself is, you know, Ya Allah, did I do something wrong? You know, I, I I turn back to God. I have a moment of purity where I turn, I make tawbah, I turn back to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and therefore that test that calamity, that quote-unquote bad thing, I have turned it into an opportunity for something good, which is returning to God. Reminding myself that it's better that I take it now than in the hereafter. Because God knows what, you know, the punishment for such a thing, you know, and we ask Allah's protection, what, what the punishment for such a thing can be in the hereafter. So then I turn it into an opportunity of closeness. Going back to the original question, if there's no sin involved, then we say, okay, this is a challenge the way that other people have been challenged. And this challenge, this is now what I need to focus on. This calamity, this tragedy is what I need to focus on. God is telling me, focus here, don't focus elsewhere. I will be patient the way that my moral role models were patient before me, meaning the prophets. And also, I will turn this into an opportunity of strength, of learning, of growth. And inshallah, I will surpass it. Allah knows best the wisdom behind this challenge, but I know that we are not created without challenge. Uh, God says in the Quran, that God has created death and life so to test you which one amongst you will be the best in conduct. So therefore I understand that being tested, that being challenged is part of my religious and spiritual, it's part of life in general. It's the sunnah of life. Everyone has challenges. No one has a perfect life. Challenges are of different stripes for sure, but we're all tested. So that decision uh, or analysis tree, you know, is beginning with the question, is there a sin involved? When you look at that, and maybe maybe it's helpful to go back and listen to what I said just a couple times. Uh, if you're not, if you're like a person that needs to write things down, sometimes that's a little bit easier. What that means is that essentially all of the quote unquote bad things that we happen that happen to us or that we observe happening are really in at their essence an opportunity to go back to God, to better our relationship, to practice our patience to practice all of those virtues that greater people than us in the past had exercised, had practiced. Rather than give up, rather than question, rather than be, you know, uh, God forbid, upset with God. You know, sometimes I meet people and they're upset with God. Muslims are like, I'm so angry at God. You know, Allah, why did this happen? Why did this person die? Why did this person get sick, etc.? We don't want that outcome. We don't want that kind of frustration. We have to accept and understand that we believe part of our paradigm is that nothing is going to happen except if God allows it to happen. And if God has allowed it to happen, keeping in mind the relativity of time and keeping in mind the definition of good and bad and keeping in mind the, uh, the right trajectory uh, of, of challenges and keeping in mind the vast, huge, immense importance of patience, 
then we will see that this is you know par for the course and i'm going to meet this with beauty and excellence and that's why god calls patience beauty for sabrun jamil beautiful patience when god refers to uh, uh different challenging moments of different uh, prophets in the quran he calls it beautiful patience that i will respond to the tragedy with beauty i will turn the tragedy into something beautiful in english we have the uh you know a common expression that if life gives you lemons make lemonade you know meaning that if something negative happens turn that negative into a multiplied positive same theme you know sometimes our expressions they're really talking about the same thing but maybe we haven't reflected on it in this way so these are some of my thoughts about how we can go about thinking or how we can go about understanding why bad things happen to good people and i hope that that look i myself i have had many many challenges many many tragedies uh that i've had to to deal with and you know look man they're hard they're really really hard uh and you know you you find yourself sometimes at night wondering why why is this happening to me what did i do to cause i mean we're weak right we we can't help but uh but respond that way but it's important rationally that we remember the things that we've talked about uh today because we're not going to stop these things from happening but we definitely can change our reaction to them and our perspective of them and therefore we can not welcome them but then we we understand that they're a part of our life but also more importantly a part of our growth anyway uh i hope i hope this is helpful and again for people listening suggestions are always welcome you can reach out to me uh whether through the website or social media uh, i'd lo- i love to hear from people and and know what they're thinking and and what kind of topics they'd like to hear until next time take care <laughs>